Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, Morning, the coast as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Still, still a few weeks away of football, or months, even. I don't even know what's the, the true statement with that. You know, I'm looking for all sorts of sport, but nothing's available to me at the moment. I don't know what to do anymore, going crazy. I mean, for me, I actually felt embarrassed. I was in the one Arsenal group that I'm in. I still tell, uh, tell the guys, because some were talking about the, like, you know, the Bundesliga with, you know, well, they're going to follow the same path. Because look, France now, the Ligue 1 and Ligue 2, they both now, um, well, I think they, I don't know if they're still going to have one more discussion, but I think it looks now likely that they also now going to um, make this season null and void. Um, I, I then I told all the guys in that group um, something like you know Bundesliga looks like it's all set for for May ninth because I mean even in my football app that I have on my phone it, it was then locked in because I mean all the other leagues you don't see anything but like for Bundesliga it was now set for May 9th but now with the German government now meeting or having met this afternoon they even now said nah it's like too soon so. Now they've not shifted it now back now another uh, seven days now. So now it's for the 16th. I honestly don't see it opening anytime soon. I think their season also could be null and void. I don't know if they're going to award it to Bayern Munich or if they... Or is Bayern Munich top before the season ended? Yeah, like, but so far from the, the, the leagues that have been, you know, cancelled completely. Like the, the Dutch league, no champion is given. Uh, I think the Belgian league is also nothing is given there, and not, uh, I mean it looks like it will probably be the same for the French league. Yo, know? can you imagine like ten, like thirty years from now? You know, why always read those football books where you undergo, um, you know, when you're reading the past seasons, and then you'll just have that, you know, null and void season, and your your grandkids or whatever will ask, you know, like why did this happen? <laughs> you have to explain about this coronavirus. It's really bizarre. Um, but with the Premier League, are, are they going to hand it to Liverpool or are they going to follow the same path? Because, I mean, surely PSG, weren't they like light years ahead of everyone else? Yeah, but I mean, I, the way, almost like the sort of precedent that FIFA and even UEFA are setting about at the moment, it's almost like you can't really end the championship. I mean, look, I'm, I, of course, I totally you know, disagree if it's going to go that path. Because, I mean, for me, Liverpool are, you know, whether you like it or not, they are worthy, you know, champions in, in, in waiting. But I just think uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be quite hard. Because the way they now, I mean, look, you've got almost, I mean, look, we've got almost like two, over two-thirds of the season. And it was almost like a, like a final straight when this whole thing came about. So, I mean, it's going to be, <laughs> I mean, of course, on the one hand, you feel gutted for them, but then of course you do have a chuckle when you think, oh, you know, every all like, Liverpool fans were, you know, strutting with their chest <laughs> out, they're gonna, they're gonna walk it, and then I mean to be, it was like to be told at the close of the end, nah, it was for nothing. Yeah, that's that's it's really unbelievable. I mean, yeah, they on you know eighty two points, Manchester City with fifty seven with a game in hand, so it could be a twelve point gap, you know it. What's it? Almost nine games? No, nine games to go, yes. But, I mean, you know, sport's a funny game, eh? Like, anything can happen in that nine games. So, 
You know, you can't always, you know, yes, they deserve to be crowned champions, but, you know, you never know what those nervous shitters do after, you know, maybe two losses in a row or two draws in a row, and suddenly you look in the rear, but Maria and City's knocking on the door. So, very tricky to say, but, you know, they do deserve it. And it's also like we've gone, <coughs> excuse me, uh, down this path where, you know, you, you like say a month ago, you had various permutations about how, say, the Champions League will be finished, the the league, like, say, the, like, you know, the major leagues will be finished. And, and it's all like that, that stuff is all like slowly waving away down the sunset, you know, with almost like nothing really being done. Because at first you heard there's going to be like a, almost like a micro uh, Champions League tournament to decide the last slots. Then you heard also like the, the Premier League were coming also with different equations or permutations of how that thing will pan out. But I mean, it's like everything is falling roughly like flat until somebody really takes some sort of initiative, you know, that can maybe put, uh, you know, a bit, a bit of story up front to say the government or whatever of, of how to, you know, run things accordingly. Because look at the moment, that was actually the first point of, of the, today's podcast was, Look, Arsenal now resume training on Monday, and uh, I don't know if you saw any of the pictures because that complete London colony was in split into like a type of um, grid where each player was given like a slot to train on the field where he was like almost like alone. So it was almost like based on conditioning, you know, doing that that, that slalom runs, various things to build up the stamina. And that. But Look, we've now just got to say it was like stage one now, and I think Spurs were not the other one that, that a couple of days later they started training. But I mean, as for the rest of the the, you know, the eighteen teams, none of them have really done any sort of training yet as as a group now. Yeah, I just think you know the UK the coronavirus also has been extremely bad in the UK. So yeah, I think they're proceeding with caution. You don't want to unlock the you know you don't want to have the people getting too close to each other too early and suddenly you have, you know, another outbreak or, you know, phase two of the virus hitting in. So I guess it's just have to kind of be careful now and just see how it goes from there and take it, you know, week by week, literally, because there's so many different things. I mean, April 2nd, wasn't it at one stage that the Premier League was supposed to open? So it's really crazy. But I mean, my thinking is also... You know, the way it, it, it's now kind of played out, the, the, the you know, with the, every time there's this little setbacks in that, you also just wonder, how, you know, how far are we going to go into 2020 before we can even, say, commence with, what was it? What did you say, what, nine games remaining? Nine games remaining, yes, correct. And so FA Cup competitions, you know what's going to happen with that? Do you, do you still have the FA Cup? And uh, I can't, uh, yeah, the City win the EFL Cup. That did take place, eh? Yes. Okay. I, 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 I'm so far gone with football that, like, with what's happened, like that Olympiacos game seems a lifetime away when we lost to them. Yeah. But I mean, look. That being said, Arsenal now, you know, have got now the bit of sort of like training underway. Now I think it's probably now a daily thing now. But I, I, I still think the clubs need to come to some sort of agreement, like where we're gonna go because. I mean, you can't also have this... I mean, I think that the norm is probably going to be, uh, you know, crowdless stadiums. And, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I did hear something where some clubs were talking about doing, uh, you know, that, that, that audio with it filling in that. But, I mean, it still doesn't 
you know, bring that sort of atmosphere that makes us all, you know, love this this game? Yeah, it's to be honest, you know, I, I just think this year probably should this football should just be written off now because like you said, you know, I'm just gonna be because you have to take in consideration that oh those eleven players being in contact with other play with other people who could have the virus in the Arsenal team or like, you know, Arsenal family members or that it's there's just so many permutations of how the virus could still probably spread at, at the club or in the league or whatever. So, you know, until I, I just literally think they until probably a vaccine is like near close to um, flattening the curve, the the Premier League. I don't know. Do you see Arsenal playing in the next two months even? I don't know. I mean, tough call because I mean, as we mentioned in last week's podcast, there's so many permutations that are coming to effect now with with the contracts and stuff like that of players, either you know that on loan or players that are say in their final season or maybe have like say two or uh, running into their final season. And I just think now it's also getting to a point now where you have to not think, you know, are you going to now invest in this player or whatever? Because you can see already one thing for, is going to be a fact. Big transfers are probably going to be out of the window. Because I think everybody's now almost like uh, scrambling now for free transfers and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's going to, like, you know, do you also say, like, if a player has a year and his contract, you know, it extends by... A certain amount because he hasn't given a full season technically. Like for Aubameyang, yeah. you know, he could be winning down to his final season, but technically he never finished the season. So you still have, you would say, maybe 18 months left on his contract or something like that. Extended that way. Because right now, Arsenal will be in a lose-lose situation. Because if we lose him, like we lost kind of a, a, a few games, which could have powered us to the Champions League. You don't know what could have happened, but... Now you're stuck almost in limbo thinking now, no, what's 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 next? Because none of us know. I mean my take with Aubameyang is you know, keep him of course at all costs, but you know if a, if a, a fee is gonna come in. I I just think Arsenal just set a sort of precedent of uh you know, you can't hold us also at ransom. I mean I'm not saying you say he's that kind of player that's gonna do that, but Look, we've been uh, almost like led around the bush too many times. But look, like Fabregas, it was on Percy, it was Alexis. So I think Arsenal need to almost like show they, they you know, because look, there was talk first of they're not going to let people get to that at almost like the final year. So almost like with two years to go on your contract, that is when the decision will be made. And every time I see, then they they having meetings. Then it's like Arsenal have now you know, called off the meeting and stuff like that. And uh, it's becoming ridiculous also in that aspect. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, just every, it's just so much uncertainty with everything at the moment. You know, you don't know which players are going to even be at your club. You don't know if you saw Aubameyang play for the last time for Arsenal. It's it's bizarre. Like, uh, we'll have to see what's the, the steps forward. And I think, like you said, the decision makers are going to have to earn their money now by... Deciding what's next. I mean, look, you know, amongst all this, this is gloom and doom. One thing I do hope is that you know, Ateta takes this time. We can almost like say, even is look at from, from what was talked about. I think early January or it was he wants to bring in more coaches in in the summer, supposedly like that. No, no, not now. But I just think to myself, he should now. You know, now he has this time. 
We, you know, it's like you can reflect also with this old squad and of you know who now I'm going to keep, who I'm going to let go, which additions I would want, and you know, say of the loan players who are still you know kind of worth having around. Because look, I think Smith and Smith and I would probably want to have a you know another crack at at first team football at the club. Uh, look, Mkhitaryan is quite happy in in, in Rome. Um, El Neni, I think. He's probably open to anything, but I mean, look, Ateta has already said uh, El Nene is not really in his plan, so he should also be, you know, looking for a club. But I mean, that that aside, I, th- I think he should also Ateta should also now start looking at if he needs that funds for the certain targets, because look, some probably now will not also come cheap, since most teams probably wouldn't want to now say lose now players with there's all this everything that that's now gone, almost like complicated now, but. As long as he now has his targets and then he knows, okay, look, I can sell this play, this play, and I can generate so much funds plus the, you know, what Arsenal gives. I think that is where he should now, you know, apply himself to also now as coach. 100% agree with that statement you made now. It's, I think there's an advantage, you, you would say, like not the advantage, but, you know, he, he wouldn't have had this luxury to have <laughs> such a long break to think and strategize how he can build his team up. One unfortunate side is, you know, he hasn't had the opportunity to, you know, be face-to-face with these players, but, you know, you can strategize and think, you know, the way forward. And I guess, I think the EPL should also, sooner rather than later, you know, say the, the next step they're going to be taking, because obviously, you know, coaches need to plan, or Teton needs to plan, you know, what's the next steps? But, you know, that, I just want to interrupt you, that is also what, what I find important way. That what you just mentioned about the FA now, you know, putting out some, some sort of statement out. Because for me, what's happening now is the longer the FA keeps quiet, this this allows so the the, the tabloid press in England, the, the sports press, for them to go on this crazy, weird conspiracy theories and you know stuff like that. Where to sell, you know, almost like with clickbait articles, they will now put out various uh, you know stories to almost like come with their you know permutations out of their eyes instead of. The official, you know, FA statement, something like that. And maybe like every three weeks or two weeks, just come out and say, you know, still currently set for this date or whether or not they're going to... But at what point do you say the season's null and void? Do you go all the way till August when a new season's supposed to start? And how do you fit... Like, my thing is, how do you fit everything in? Like, back to the, the same schedule of starting in August again and letting them play till May and then have the Euros as well. Because, I mean, something that, that, that also has to be thought at is like, how are you going to protect these players from the physical aspects of, of things? Because, look, they you, you know for a fact we're going to probably have that, that sort of, uh, you know, it's like that weeks where you, you're probably going to be playing every two two or three days. It'll have to be like that. That's the only way you can squeeze the fixtures in. So it's it's you're gonna your medical staff, your physio conditioning coaches are gonna be as good as your strikers, basically. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if you saw another article. I mean, there's been a few articles about Arsenal. Uh, you know, with the transfers and uh, or possible transfers, because look, of of course, nothing is official yet. But I mean, strong uh, info coming from uh, what was it? I saw in some media reports and, and I think also on Twitter. So was about that Ryan Fraser probably or possibly joining Arsenal in a free transfer. 
Oh, it would be a good signing. Remember I told you about him back in was it 2016 or something? Uh, I still found him on FIFA when I took Bournemouth in my FIFA 16 or 17 career. I can't even remember. And then he still sparked the light against um, Liverpool. And then Arsenal, when we also went and played there. So I would be impressed with having him. Maybe not, he wouldn't be like your first choice, first choice yes, but... He would add some value to the team and he would obviously give, you know, for example, if he had to come in on the left or right, he would yeah. give Pepe a run for his money at the moment, you know, not being on form, you know, so people, it would kind of add that squad mentality that Liverpool's had of late where whenever whoever comes in to replace just does the job or even better at times. But no, what I don't understand of, of, of like, say the Arsenal fan base at times, um, like, look when that news broke, I'm fine with it because, I mean, at least it's an extra body in the squad who can add quality and stuff like that. And, I mean, we've seen him play and, and cause like, havoc with, with fullbacks. But, you know, that being said, you have now Arsenal fans like, you know, oh, it's this and that. So, now I'm thinking to myself, do you always want to have to pay someone's 50, 60 million or, and then you, or 70 million and you end up with somebody with Pepe that <laughs> you are still waiting for him to really, you know, almost like explode on the scene, whereas... You've got a guy that's from the Premier League. He knows, you know, he can ride the challenges. He can, you know, he knows how to uh, fool and flummox his opponent. But, I mean, I think that is where also Arsenal fans need to, you know, sometimes just also chill out somewhat. Because uh, it's almost like, you know, that, that sort of form that, that Rob Holding was in that time before the injury or yeah. or that, I don't know which game it was when Wenger was still in charge, when, when Wenger said something down the lines of, you know, I'm sorry I didn't pay, uh, you know, 20 or 30 million or 50 million for something like that. He was trying to compare him to, to Stones. So, oh, yes. Yeah, because I was, look, uh, so, uh, I think that's also, like, you would say with Holding, that injury is going to like, set back his career somewhat. But, I mean, that being said, he did show what sort of player he could be. Because, I mean, he was linking so, like, uh, at the time... He was linking so brilliantly up with whatever centre back pairing he was being paired, uh, uh, you know, tagged with by Emery. And this is unfortunate with all Arsenal players, you know, not even just your Rob Holdings, but if you look, you know, Ramsey picked up an injury which kind of kept him out for a long time. Then Percy, Arsenal, Jack Walsh. You know, we had these these gems that um, careers get set back, and then yeah. by the time you know maybe they fully fit. I mean, not Jack Walsh for example. He still seems to be injury prone, but. You know, Ramsey's now off to, you know, Italy. Van Persie, we missed that latter part. And, you know, who knows what could have happened if he had stayed fit for large parts of the seasons leading up to his departure. So, I feel Arsenal very unlucky with that, what you mentioned now, with the Rob Holding away career getting set back. Um, Callum Chambers as well. He yes. He was in that sort of form. And, I mean, he was key to that... that uh, Game, I think, who was that we beat? Oh, oh Aston Villa, 3-2. Yeah, that game, but, oh, oh yeah, that, that was the game we set up in that, that Chelsea game where we lost. It was all like when we, we kind of fell apart when he got sub. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. He set up the goal, and then I think he did his knee like a few minutes after that. Yes, uh, I, I recall that. Yes, like he was hitting his strides, but... And so hopefully these players can recover because a lot of these injuries, you know, changes a player and you don't see that, that side of the minimum that you once did. Yeah. 
So do you have anything else to mention? With um, it's it's just two things I want to ask. You know, it's, it's a, this is what I'm bringing back from way back. Um, yeah. What well, well, like, what do you think went wrong with Andre Arshavin? You know, it's it's a it's a forgotten player. You know, you sometimes forget that he was at Arsenal, but if you see some of the stuff he did, the impact he made when he started, you know, where did it all go wrong for him? I think he he was like kind of got lost in the. I think the London lifestyle, because not in a, in a, in a bad sense, we, it's not like he was enjoying it too much, you know, because, look, he was somebody he likes, you know, attending, like, fashion shows and, and you know, the, the social life type of thing, even though you don't look like it, but I mean, he was somebody <laughs> like that. And then, I mean, I don't know if you recall also the, almost like the latter part of, of that, his Arsenal career, he was also starting to pick up weight and it yes. was almost like the sort of problem that, that um, Hazard is or is having, or was having at, at Madrid, where you know that that quality is in that player, but it's all like, because it's like a total different setup and the training regime and whatever at, at Madrid. So he's not like having, uh, like Hazard is having trouble to do that, that we're sharing the kilos way. And I think that is also where at Shaman, and I think through that, you could see he started getting more sl- like sluggish, careless, and it wasn't like he became like, you know, from a first-teamer, he became a, a like a bench player, and then afterwards he was just slowly, you know, just phased out of the squad, and then he became almost like a, just a league cup player. Yeah, it's really sad what happened to him. Actually, like he was probably one of my favorites at the time. Just the the goals he scored, the the um, setups he had. I mean, even at the time it was him, Ben Percy, and Fabregas. They were like your your goal scorers week in week out. So it's a bit unfortunate. And then just. Uh, question for you, you know, for you, if you could pick your all-time Arsenal eleven, like the, from your what you've seen play, you know, name your eleven information. I'd probably go 4-4-2 Diamond. Yeah. Um, goalkeeper would be David Seaman. Right back would be Lee Dixon, because I mean, when I think of what we lack now in, in delivery from the right flank, I think he's the guy. And then left back, I mean, of course, unpopular uh, to be Ashley Cole. Because, I mean, look, I like Nigel Winterburn as a left back, but I mean, the sort of delivery and, and that sort of, uh, you know, attacking option that he would give you, it was always fantastic. Because at times he could almost like be a, a full-out left-wing player. And then the minute we get hit on the break, he's back there again slotting in. And I think that is where, uh, you know, over time that you and I have had private discussions and that where... You can see that is the, the thing we're always comparing, say, Colasinac to something like that, where somebody can actually do that. He can attack, but he's also there to help out their defense. And then um, I think in the central defense, uh, I'm just trying to think. I mean, Saul for me, you know, as much as some, like many would probably think I would have one of the George, um, a couple of George Graham guys in the middle, I, I still think. Saul brought a different level of, of, of also defending where it was not only somebody that, that's, um, you know, tough and, and really strong, but I mean, he also had pace to his game. And that is also where it leads out to his partner that I would have, is Tony Adams, because Tony Adams, again, doesn't have the speed, but he's got that vision, again, to pick out where the errors are going to be. Or if he, like, if you think of how many times we've watched, say, Kosciolny or Mertesacker, you know, when they're misjudging everything in flight, and you watch him, I mean, he, the certain things that he was also pulling off. I mean, 
the other day I was just having a kind of flashback of, I don't know if you remember that game or if you were still a kid, where Arsenal played uh, Dinamo Kiev and Andrei Shevchenko was, you know, bursting through. And I mean, you could see he was like, you know, aligning to, to score. And Tony Adams made a sort of tackle. I mean, I've never seen, like at that time, I've never seen because it's not like he's running towards his own goal. And by the time you can see Andre Ashavan is about to, you know, put his foot on the accelerator, Tony Adams goes in with a, you know, sliding in with a, you know, long outstretched leg, you know, like scoops the ball around Ashavan. I'm sorry. Shevchenko. Shevchenko. Shevchenko goes, you know, falling and sprawling. And then, I mean, in that same movement, Adams is again up on his, like, you know, flicked himself off of, like, his backside, back on his feet, and just plays an easy ball out of the full back. <laughs> we, we surely missed that in that back line. And then, uh, midfield, I think the holding mid, I would probably have uh, Patrick Vieira. Although, I mean, of course, at times he became almost like a box-to-box player for us, but almost like in a 4-4-2, he's always somebody that can... You know, add an extra body there if he needs to. And I mean, he's got the galloping pace to get himself back into the in the defense. Um, almost like the, the the central attacking midfield I would have is probably Cesc. I mean, I, I just find it a pity we never had somebody like that in that you know in that, that period that we were really on top of everything because I was thinking the same thing in my head actually. You know, I'll put like that yeah. Arsenal just they had that. That you know that tenacity, aggression, and everything, but they just never had that slight finish. I know Burkamp, you know, yeah. was was good at that, but Fabregas had that all round game. You could play that pass, score goals, and tackle. So you know, perfect choice for that position. Because I mean, uh, I think what always amazed me when I when I watched Fabregas, and I mean, I'm sure listeners can agree, is like even at a young age when he was like you know teenager when he was at us, well, like by Arsenal when he was still wearing the what was it even that 57. 15. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then later the fifty, the sort of vision that he had, like where he's gonna play. And I, I, I remember also, I don't know if you recall also that game when we beat Spurs that five four game. We, I mean, he's still like, like a kid, and he does that that reverse, almost like a reverse no look pass. And I mean, he gets, uh, I forgot what was it scored, but it was like, you know, you think to yourself, is this really, you know, how did we manage to you know, snap this guy up from from Barca? And then. My wingers, I would probably have uh, on the left, uh, Perez. Yeah. And I think on the right, just for the, you know, the goal threat, Freddy. Uh, I agree with that 100%. And, and then uh, front two, I'd probably have, like, you know, almost like played at the offset where you've got Henri playing, you know, spearing the attack, and then just off him, you have the Iceman. Dennis Bergkamp, yeah. Great, great choice. I think, you know, I, I can't fault that lineup. I think maybe I would have possibly brought in Bakari Sanya for Dixon, but then, you know, Sanya lacked that final ball. And then, um, you know, your front line, it's, it's, it's perfect. Maybe I would have maybe swapped in uh, uh, Ian Wright with Burkham, but, you know, Burkham, the Iceman, used to destroy many teams. So, you know, top top um, Arsenal side, and I'm sure they would have gone on to to the treble or you know Invincibles plus the Champions League. And I mean, what 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 the, the reason also that chose that squad? I mean, you you getting your goals from defense, you getting your yeah. goals from midfield, and you getting loads of goals up front. Yeah, too many to count. Probably, I mean, we we'll probably break the Premier League all time scoring record with a team like that. Okay, so I'll end the podcast now. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend.
should be a long weekend for most. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So I hope you guys take care, stay safe. Until the next one, bye. Wash your hands, guys, and stay safe and stay clean. Bye, guys.